0: I'm Sarah, I'm Rachel, and this is Unassigned Reading, where we discuss the books you are never going to talk about in English class.
1: Right, YA, sci-fi, fantasy, and all the other genres you read for fun. Obviously, this is not a spoiler-free podcast. So many spoilers, although this month we're going to
0: handle spoilers a little differently because we are discussing our first romance novel,
1: The Scribe, by Elizabeth Hunter. And even if you usually don't mind spoilers, the ending to this book is really worth not being spoiled on. That's one way to put it. So we aren't going to discuss that until the end of the podcast. We'll give you another warning then, so those of you who haven't finished the book yet can stop listening. That's right. And Sarah has specially selected The
0: Scribe for our Valentine's Day episode, Even though it's coming out well after Valentine's Day.
1: Uh, Close enough. February is basically just like Valentine's (coughs) month. Yeah, yeah. Okay, do you want to tell us why you picked this book? Well, to start, Elizabeth Hunter is one of my favorite romance authors. I've read all of her books. And you've been hounding me to read them for years. So I took this opportunity to make Rachel read my favorite one of her books, and I do think there are a lot of interesting elements of this book for us to talk about.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I'm very ready to hear you condense them all into a 60-second summary. I've read this book at least five times,
1: so I should be able to handle this one, right? I guess we'll find out. Ready, set, go so ava hears voices in her head all the time so she goes to istanbul to meet a special doctor malachi lives in istanbul and he's half angel and he sees this woman who's ava being followed by all these bad half angels so he goes to like try and protect her and ends up like pretending to be her bodyguard while ava's like beating this doctor and that goes on for a while. and then Ava finds out that Malachi is not really her bodyguard. and there's this whole thing. also like Malachi like thinks she's cute, but he can't like be with her because half angels can't be with humans. but they have this like confrontation. and it turns out Ava's half angel too. That's why she hears voices. It's her special angel power. So now they're like, can be together but also they're trying to figure out what's up with ava and like how she's half angel because she's like definitely human but also definitely not uh and that's why all the bad angels are following her they don't know how they know but then surprise turns out her doctor is an actual angel and that's bad that that was like that was decent i (laughs) i left so much out you did
0: (laughs) but that's kind of a necessity i did i got
1: close to the end i couldn't have really gone much further than that without spoiling things so
0: yeah if you're trying not to spoil i will say i have one qualm with the term half angel that's wrong i would argue that's not technically true i couldn't explain the the characters mythology in a 60 second summary fair enough fair enough fair But they're not half-angels. They are descended from the fallen angels.
1: Yeah, so the mythology in this book is they're sort of, basically, that there were fallen angels, and there were sort of two groups. Part of them were the forgiven fallen angels who returned to heaven, and the rest were, like, actually fallen, and they stayed on Earth. Right,
0: and they call the descendants of those fallen angels the Gregory. right the ones that stayed on earth which they never explain i don't think i'm going to explain it to you in a minute Oh, um, <laughs> sarah has insider knowledge because she's read like all of well these books.
1: also it's not from the books so this is like external research but we'll get there oh okay um all right. I, I have a theory on why these words are used and then the descendants of the angels that returned to heaven are called the Erin. so malachi is an erin. right and then
0: ava is an arena they're, like, the female versions of the Eren.
1: That is what they think she is, although they never come to a firm conclusion at the end of this book. So, this oh, is also spoiler. the first book. Well, I mean, I think that's true. They're, like, they don't know how she is what she is. Like, they're sure that she's part of the Eren, but they're, like, also, your parents are clearly human, so we don't as know what's up. As far as we know. Um, So, this is the first book in... So, there's sort of a trilogy part that follows Ava and Malachi, and then as is true of many romance series, all the side characters get their own book afterwards. So I think there are now six or seven books in this series. So there's like, the mythology grows a lot as you read the rest of the books. Right. And the question of who and what Ava is, is sort of the focus of those first three books. Right. So I think a few important points that we missed
0: in the summary, first of all, is that Ava and Malachi are soulmates. Yes. Yes. Like in this mythology, there's this really important concept of soulmates between the Irin and the Arena, and basically this idea that they're not complete without their soulmate. Or the term they use in the book is Reshan. That's like I guess the Irin term yeah. for soulmates, kind of like your other half. And so they are soulmates. That's really important. And then also, like at the end, you had just gotten to the fact that this doctor Ava has been seeing is actually one of the Fallen, and the Fallen. Like, the fallen angels that have remained on Earth are basically the parents of the Gregoris. So, they're not exactly evil, but they are these really powerful forces that are very, very dangerous.
1: And, like, generally pretty destructive.
0: Right. And so, we don't really know exactly what this doctor's interest in Ava has been. He's definitely been toying with her, although seemingly helping her at the same time. And... We don't really know why. And when they...
1: Or what his intentions When are. she confronts him, he gives her, like, a bunch of visions. And he gives Malachi a warning. Right. Yeah, so that is sort of what happens right before the climax of the book. And like we said earlier, we're not going to talk about the climax of the book until the end because right because it ends on
0: a pretty big cliffhanger
1: yeah it's a
0: fairly shocking cliffhanger i would say i did not see it coming
1: yeah it's it's a very surprising ending i love it and i just don't want to spoil it so you're welcome to listen to the episode up to the point where we get to that if you haven't read the book yet but this is one i really wouldn't spoil yourself on and i'm someone who likes listening to spoilers they don't bother me generally but i think this time uh, it's better to enjoy the surprise in the book I also
0: want to say a quick note that while we try to keep this podcast PG and family-friendly, this book, I would say it's more PG-13. Or more. It's it's
1: romance. There's, or more.
0: It's going to go into there. Details. There are some steamy scenes. Definitely steamy. So, so you be the judge of whether that is something you are comfortable reading. Yeah.
1: And I think... We, we've mentioned this a few times throughout the show, but just because this is PG does not mean the books we are reading are PG. So always check for yourself what the content of the book is. So before we get into our main points, I actually wanted to hear your thoughts on the book because you don't read a whole lot of romance. Yeah, I really don't. And obviously this is one of my favorites. So I want to know what you thought about it. Yeah. So I was actually a little nervous going into it. I'll be honest yeah. because like you said,
0: I don't, Read a whole lot of romance. It's not that I am opposed to the genre at all. Like I know a lot of people are kind of like snooty about it, whatever. And I'm not. I'm not about that game. Um, but I just—it's just not a genre that I tend to be drawn to as much. I really like some of the books I've read in it. Like I know we both really loved *The Kiss Quotient*, and I've read a few others that I've really liked. I just don't read a whole lot of it, and so. I don't know. I was a little worried going into it that I wouldn't like it. And I was like, you know, then we're going to have to discuss this. And I know we've also both said that we don't want to discuss any books on this podcast that we don't really like because that's just not what we want this to be about. We don't want to, like, have episodes where we're just tearing a book down. Yeah. Um... So, yeah, I was a little nervous going in. And in the first few pages, I was like, ooh, I don't know how I feel about this. And this is also, I guess I should say, like, this book is self-published. And there can be some negative connotations with that. Like, I think oftentimes wrongly because it's a very – like, there is a large world of self-published books. So, like, self-published books can be really, really excellent. But there are also some that are not as great. And so I just didn't really know what I was getting into. Right. And, yeah, but then – by the second chapter i was totally hooked like surprised by how much i liked it yeah and i just i really loved the relationship between ava and malachi it was very like magnetic you know obviously Mm -hmm. because like we talked about how they're soulmates and it really was it was something where like you wanted to find out like how things were going and when were they going to get together and Yeah, I really, like, I couldn't put it down, basically, once I hit about the second chapter, because I just wanted to see how it was going. And it was just, I kind of needed, when I was reading this book, I needed a fun read. Mm -hmm. And then this one was the perfect pick-me-up, I think, to get me really excited about it. Yeah, I really, really liked it overall. I will say, one of the few things that I didn't super love about it is there were, like, very, very delineated gender roles. Yes. Which I noticed, which is actually... I think, kind of an intentional aspect of the book, which maybe we'll talk about yeah. a little more later on. And it didn't – like, I thought some of the ways they did it were actually interesting mm-hmm. because the women were depicted as, like, very powerful, but still just the idea that, like, the gender
1: roles yeah. were so, and I do, like, set and separate. I want to talk more about the gender roles because I think that's interesting, and I think that's one of the things that this book really explores, the idea – like, not just of gender roles, but also, like, bias of the people you were talking to. Yeah. Which I love. For sure. So yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit more. I yeah, I had I had mixed feelings on it. Yeah,
0: but yeah, I really really liked it overall. I thought the supernatural elements were really really great. I haven't read a lot of them, but I know like you know the supernatural romance subgenre is really big, and especially storylines involving angels and demons. Mm-hmm. And the few books that I have read, kind of playing with that trope, I've really really liked. Yeah. I think it's a really interesting story to explore. So yeah, I honestly I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it.
1: Well, I, I definitely am gonna have to read the
0: rest of the series. I'm glad
1: you enjoyed it. I thought you would. I was pretty sure that you would enjoy this book because I, I think the mythology is like so interesting and so good. Yeah, for so sure. So let's start talking about it. And I want to start by talking about, so this mythology is like very angel-based and I wanted to talk about that first. Right. Um, it was kind of funny when I read this because I read it just after reading, um, oh my gosh, I forgot the name. <laughs> it's the Lainey Taylor book. Daughter of Smoke and Bone. Daughter I was Smoke going to talk about this, too. I was trying to <laughs> one of our Children favorites. of Smoke and Bone. And I knew from last I know, I've month. I have been having
0: trouble with <laughs> Children of Blood and Bone lately, and too. because the Daughter, Daughter of Smoke and Bone.
1: <laughs> oh, they get me. Um, so I actually read these both for the first time around the same time, uh, which was kind of fun to see, like, two sort of different handlings of angels. But I want to talk about this one in particular. So you mentioned the name Grigori and the name Erin. You don't know where they came from apparently these are both derived from the same word basically these are different translations of the same word which is watcher referencing like a watching angel and "Iren" appears to be like the aramaic like the aramaic word is close to "Iren," whereas the greek and the slavic translation are closer to gregory So these are, like, coming from the same word, just different sort of translations, I think. Oh, okay. That's really interesting. Yeah. And so why this word exists and why is this is sort of angels are biblical. I mean, different religions have angels, but in this case, we're going to be talking, like, biblical angels. That's where watcher comes from. So watcher is referenced in the book of Daniel. And just sort of, like, loosely, there's a reference to a watcher, a holy one a okay. couple of times in that book. Not really delineating more than that, really, just that there was a watcher, which was, like I said, sort of comes down to those different root translations. But we get a lot more detail if you look into the Apocrypha. So the Apocrypha, I tried to do a little research so I understood better what it was, because I knew the word, but not exactly yeah, what Yeah, I was going to say
0: you're probably going to need to give a baseline for understanding that, since a lot Apocrypha of people may be unfamiliar. Apocrypha
1: is it's what we refer to texts that are cover like similar mythology to biblical stories like they're talking about similar things maybe they're supposed to be about a similar time period but we're not considered um divine so they're viewed as like right
0: and and i think i believe that was like by a council of religious leaders right so like it's not it was a choice that was made to not
1: include these books uh and i think so there's some there can be different reasons and there is some like yeah and there's, I think there's some debate over like um why
0: those choices were there made. are
1: different like some things that are apocryphal to one group are not to another so it, it can be a little right. confusing and so where you get a lot of detail about the watchers is from the books of enoch apparently there are three and one of which is considered canonical by one church but mostly not majority consider the books of Enoch to be apocryphal and basically these go into the fall of the watchers these angels that fell basically and so that's where this whole idea comes from from a religious standpoint is this so that's sort of the religious background and I think knowing that you can see where a lot of different angel mythologies come from in books right for sure But that's sort of where the words come, and that's some of where I think this comes from, from like a religious standpoint, where some of the ideas of this book are pulling from.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. She clearly did her research, I think, to draw in this mythology. Yeah,
1: definitely, and keeping up with her own mythology. Like we've mentioned a couple words. There's like this whole language referred to in the book, which is I think a little based on real world languages, but is like unique where these words like Rashan are coming from that are not words that we're familiar with like that's not like from another right. language although it may be based on another language it's supposed to be like the angelic language basically right let's pause for a second and talk about another class you had in school where your teacher probably left out much of the discussion of romance math i'm talking about history
0: oh one of my favorites
1: and if you want to catch up on everything you missed, check out the podcast, The Dirty Bits. But let's let them explain a little bit more. Hi, I'm Tani Plattis, and I host The Dirty Bits podcast, a show where I very casually retell the sexy, scandalous, and salacious stories your teacher probably left out. We premiere a new episode every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Visit us at tawnyvoicecom dirtybits to learn more. See you next Tuesday. Now back to our discussion of The Scribe. So I also, one thing I really wanted to talk about are romance tropes. Yeah. So I know a lot of times when we talk about tropes, that sort of scene is negative. Yeah. I don't think that's how we mean it when we use that word, though. No.
0: Because I think people think tropes are like something that's overdone and it can mean that but it can also just mean like a staple of the genre right something that you often see coming up in a specific genre and
1: romance in particular doesn't just have a number of tropes but like people have particular ones that they love and you go looking for ones you love it's part of the genre is there all these different sort of elements that are common in romance and you might have one you love so I, i did mention earlier how in romance series, they're like all almost always spin-offs for all the side characters. Everybody's gonna fall in love. That is a very common thing you see in romance. So in this one, all of the men who are like part of the house Malachi belongs to get their own novel. And it's kind of fun if you read a lot of romance, like you're reading the book, you're like, oh, I'm really excited for this guy's spinoff or I'm really excited for this person's spinoff because you know it's coming. <laughs> yeah. Well I saw that
0: Damien and Sari. Yes. Had a spinoff, and they're two of the... Well, Damien's an important character in this book. He is the like the head yeah. of Malachi's house, basically. And then his rush on his soulmate is one of the arena, Sari, who's gone away. We didn't really get into that, but there's a lot of complicated history yeah. to the Erin and the arena. And basically, they've kind of separated because there was a huge slaughter by the Gregoria a long time ago. And most of the arena kind of left because they blamed the Erin yeah. for what happened. And so Damien and Sari have been separated, and I think they have a really complicated relationship. Yeah. So I think that would definitely be an interesting one to see more about as well.
1: It definitely is. All of them get really great spinoffs, but like a lot of the spinoffs come from stuff you learn in the second and third book in the series, so I can't talk about them at all. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's some important information that you don't learn in the first book. It is hard. To talk about a romance trilogy i think in some ways because it's not there's a lot of stuff you don't learn like some of my favorite moments about in this series happen in later books and we can't talk about them which is frustrating for me because there's some really cool stuff too bad and some really cool lines and i can't talk about them because we didn't get there but that's okay this is I mean it, you kind of know what it is from the name right it's right, you yeah. think someone is someone else and the other person usually like plays into it so in this case yeah Ava knows that her stepfather is overprotective and frequently gives her bodyguards when she's traveling she's a she's a travel photographer so she travels a lot and her stepfather generally like has a bodyguard for her so when she sees malachi following her around and defending her from these dudes who she just thinks are creeps but are actually the gregory she's like
0: she's like pepper spraying left and right
1: (laughs) she's like you must be my bodyguard
0: and he's like oh uh, yes
1: yeah i am your bodyguard That's what I am. Yeah. Which sort of leads to our first conflict where Ava finds out that there is no bodyguard that like her stepfather was like, Okay, Ava can handle it and like called off the bodyguard.
0: Yeah, and who is this creep following me
1: around? And pretending to be my bodyguard. Yeah. And kind of violent towards these other creeps. So like
0: what's up? Suspicious.
1: So I always I like that. That's always like an interesting tension when yeah one person is pretending to be someone they're not, and then we've already talked about uh, soulmates, but that's another big yeah, that's romance a big trope. Is that especially in paranormal romance or supernatural yeah. romance, the idea of like a destined soulmate and there's some sort of like special indication that you're soulmates. Right. Usually, well, I was going to say you know
0: I haven't read as much romance as you, mm-hmm. but that's when you see a lot in fan fiction as
1: well. Yeah. Yeah, and there are different ways, and this one, I've read a lot of books with this thing because I like this one too, and normally there's some sort of mystical thing that happens where you know, and in this case, Malachi's voice sounds different to Ava than everyone else's, yeah. and when they're with each other, it sort of helps block out other voices.
0: Yeah, and he also becomes, like, stronger when he's with her.
1: And there's some other stuff that is hinted at in this book that happens with the soulmate that they don't doesn't really get explained until the next book but there's some other things that come with being soulmates that happen, that you learn more about later. But I do, I think in romance, like, tropes are sort of things people look for. They're part of the genre, and they're not, it's not that, like, you haven't read these tropes before, it's that you want to see how it's done this time. Yeah. Which I think can be confusing if you're used to hearing about tropes as bad things and, like, subverting the genre and stuff, which you talk about a lot in other genres, but in romance, it's more about enjoying the journey.
0: Right. Even if you know Well, and I think it's
1: also an interesting
0: thing to see how you can tell a new story or subvert some of the ideas you've seen before, even within the trope that you like.
1: Yeah, I think it's probably time to talk about the biggest trope, sort of the defining characteristic of the romance genre, which is the happily ever after.
0: The H-E-A.
1: But to do that, we're going to have to spoil the ending. Yep, we are entering the spoiler zone. So this is our final warning. If you haven't read this book, which I really recommend – uh stop listening now
0: unless you just really 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 want to be spoiled but don't which is fine
1: because you shouldn't (laughs) but you could but don't you should stop listening now (laughs) okay so i hope that was enough warning and now we're going to jump into it that
0: was the little devil and angel on your shoulder yeah skit that we were performing just there
1: yes so
0: i don't know which of us was which
1: (laughs) i mean i felt i felt like i was the angel
0: Oh, yeah, sure. Of course you do.
1: (laughs) So let's go ahead and spoil the ending. So after they meet with her doctor and find out he's an angel, they're trying to leave Istanbul. But as they're trying to leave, they sort of get intercepted by Grigori.
0: Like a horde of them. A whole lot.
1: Because Malachi could take a few. Yeah. But also, and we forgot to mention this too, they do like. Oh
0: yeah, he's like given her some of his powers. Right. To there's this
1: whole her. ceremony they do that's like basically a wedding, but it's like they share their powers. And Malachi's done. Except she
0: can't share her powers yet. Yeah. Because she, doesn't she doesn't know really how. Have any control of
1: them? Right. And she has to. Learn so he just things. gives
0: her some of his powers. So without. He's at half strength,
1: and ava has got a ton of extra power now, but can't really yeah. use it
0: at all. Kind of like dangerously. Yeah.
1: So they're trying to fight they're a ton of gregory all of his there's been like their ho- house has been destroyed so all of the people who are with him have been scattered and are like trying to get to him but like it's going to take a while there is a fight and they
0: get cornered They get
1: cornered and malachi gets stabbed and dies straight up and like straight up dead. <laughs> with the way this works there are no bodies left they turn into dust so like yeah he's like dust. He's there gone. is
0: no coming back from that uh,
1: there's no body there's nothing and so ava is understandably devastated yeah and this is not
0: really what you would expect it, from a two romance chapters novel. out from the end you're like what is happening i was i was like um what <laughs> this is not what i signed up for but
1: then there is the epilogue
0: yes fortunately they don't leave us there because
1: the very last thing ava does is so this whole book people have been warning her like don't say these words out loud because the arena have very powerful right. voices they do magic by speaking which i guess we should probably talk about the gender roles at some point we forgot that we'll get back to it but they the iran write their magic and the arena sing their magic so it's their voices it's how they do magic and it's by saying words in this language and Ava says some words which I believe if I'm remembering are like, come back to me or the words she says. Yeah. And the epilog ends with Malachi. Malachi opens his eyes. Opening his eyes alone somewhere in the world. Doesn't know where he is. no idea where he he is, know who he doesn't is. Doesn't know anything. He just is like there's a crack and he fall, he's like back on earth and it's like and he just hears
0: Ava's voice and that's it. And that's it. The end. The end. Fade to black. Yeah. So that's a
1: little, that is a crazy ending. Yeah.
0: It's not really a traditional Happily Ever After. Arguably not a Happily Ever After. Which, in fairness, this is the first book in a trilogy. So it's not the end. Right. It's kind of the first act of three.
1: Yes. So when we talk about the Happily Ever After, this is generally considered to be the defining characteristic of romance. All genres have some kind of defining characteristic. And in a romance, generally, like, obviously, there's going to be romance. Like, they're going to be the two main characters are going to, like, have a romance and get together. And it's going to end happily ever after or, um, or happy not. for now is sort of the alternative to that. um And this one, I, I don't know that it's, like, entirely subverting it. Like, this is definitely in a romance because it's a trilogy and that changes things. Because you don't see a lot of books split in this way in the romance world i feel like most romance novels you get a standalone that ends with the main characters together and then the next book in the series is two different characters and that's how the story progresses
0: yeah well and i think one of the things one of the ways it gets away with that is that it is so heavily supernatural that it almost really is i mean obviously it's supernatural romance but it really does kind of toe the line between almost a fantasy supernatural series which tends to be more of a series format and romance yeah And it also – we talked about this a little earlier, but again, it kind of does remind me a lot of some similarities to Daughter of Smoke and Bone, Mm -hmm. because very similar things happen in that series with – there's this kind of huge shift in the first book, and it totally redefines the relationship between the two main characters, where it kind of does become a relationship between different characters, even though they're the same people.
1: Yeah. And definitely, we get hints that something similar is going to happen here. And I just, I think it ends, like, not on a traditional happily ever after, but, like, on the potential for it. Malachi's not dead anymore. Because when Malachi's dead, that sort of, he was Ava's soulmate. There's no chance of another soulmate. That's the end of her chance for that kind of relationship. But it ends with Malachi coming back, which means there's the opportunity for that happily ever after. You just have to keep reading to get to it
0: great way to suck you into book two i know
1: i i love the ending and I also it's very nice not i i read this book after the like original trilogy was complete and before the rest of the books had come out which was great because then i could just go one through three right in a row and just get all of them at once because i think that yeah
0: good news you don't (laughs) have to wait for the sequel
1: yes Like I said, there are a bunch of books in the series out. So you can just read right through, get everybody's story. No waiting here. You can get that cliffhanger and immediately go get book two. Um, So we did mention here a little about the Erin sort of having written magic and the arena having spoken magic. I know you mentioned stuff about gender roles. Do you want to talk about that?
0: I don't know that I have a lot to say about it. I would just say that it was one of my few sort of qualms with Mm -hmm. the book. I guess, was that I did feel that the gender roles were very delineated in a way that didn't allow for much expression outside of that. Yeah, And so, yeah, I didn't love that aspect, although there were parts of it that I think did, you know, maybe sometimes go slightly against gender norms, which is always nice. You know, the women were represented as being extremely powerful, which I liked, even though their powers are very different than the Irin. But yeah, just, just the fact that those roles were so set yeah. and seemed to be quite unchanging. And some of the ideas about the necessity of, you know, this like the, this Russian relationship where you're kind of incomplete without yeah. it. Like the the women and the men complete each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I see that. I think one thing that's interesting is that in this book, we never meet in Arena other than Ava. Correct. She's the only urine woman we meet, which is interesting because it means like there's this whole side of the story that we don't get in the first book. And, uh, I think- we learned that we're probably getting a pretty biased look at things in this book because most of the for sure yeah men like haven't been around women for much or any of their lives because of this like tragedy that happened and like this sort of splitting of the people so i think it's like very interesting and uh, sari in particular is a very interesting character who i think delves into a lot of that although the parts of that are for sure like there is a very clear delineation that, that like the men write magic and the women speak or sing magic. And of course, like the concept of a uh, soulmate. But right. these are things I think when you're reading romance, you've got to accept that there's going to be some of that, depending on the kind of romance you're reading. But I think you see a lot of this in like soulmate romance sort of things.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Doesn't mean I can't.
1: Yeah. I don't know if they ever dive into more of that. I'm not. I'm, i'm not remembering everything and i am hoping that this series will continue on from where it is There've been there's definitely room for the series to keep going even though like all of the main characters you meet in the first book now have their own book i think there's still room for the series to keep going and i hope it does because i really like this mythology and i like the way that it keeps growing yeah it's a really fun story it, it is and i think that probably wraps up what we have to say for this episode yeah
0: I think you're probably right. So, I'd like to give a big thank you to Sahara Sky for the use of our theme song, Never Long Time Goes By, from the album Escapism.
1: And thanks for listening. You can get in touch with us by tweeting at Unassigned Pod over on Twitter or emailing us at unassignedreadingpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Tweet about the show or leave us a positive review over on iTunes.
1: We'd love to know what you think of this episode or any of the others. You can also find transcripts and links to all our social media at unassignedreadingpod.com. We'll be back with our next episode of Book Talk on March 8th. And our next book discussion will be on March 29th, all about Good Omens, a hilarious apocalyptic story by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett. Maybe you've heard of them. In the meantime, we leave you with these words of wisdom. Stop trying to be sensible
0: about it grab love when you can. It doesn't come around for everyone.